So as you're, as you're grabbing your seat, um, Tacos with Tom is directly after service today. Here's what that means. If you've never come to a Tacos with Tom, it doesn't matter how long you've been coming to Branches, you're invited to stay and have lunch with us. It's, <laughs> it's a way for... Uh, anybody notice this guy always makes a comment or talks at the beginning of the message? <laughs> Um, it's just a way to, if you want to, if you have, uh, hopefully you have questions about who we are, where we came from, what we're up to. Um, if you don't have the questions, we'll tell you who we are, where we came from and what we're up to. And it's a great way to have a free meal and to get to know some of some people. So, um, if this is your very first time at Branches and you just wandered in, just plan to stay and have lunch with us and hear about who we are and what we're up to. So uh, obviously the green card is where you find your information for that sort of stuff. So let's move into our message this morning here at Branches. Here's, we have this mission statement, and the mission statement says that we love God, we love others, and we want to make disciples. We actually have, um, we have it printed, uh, worded out really nice sounding, but that's the basics of why we exist here in Warsaw, is to love God love others, and be people who make disciples. Now, a disciple is a follower of Jesus. Here's a disciple. A disciple is a person who recognizes that they have sin in their life. Is a, it recognizes that because of the world we live in, we're, we're born into a world of sin. They recognize that they are separated from their creator, from God, because of sin. They understand and they, they confess that Jesus is the bridge to, to reunite that relationship. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of his death, his burial, and ultimately his resurrection and defeat of sin, what we've been singing about all morning, we have, we have a pathway to our creator. And so the, a disciple is a person who receives that and walks in that. And, and furthermore, a disciple is a person who is continuing a lifestyle and a, a walk with Jesus in order ultimately to be less like the world and get the world out of their life and more like Jesus. So when people look at him or her, they say, that person is a follower of Jesus. So if we're going to make disciples as a, as a church, we have to first be disciples as a church. We have to first recognize our place with our God and have this intimate relationship Moving towards the Father. Here's what I mean by that. I feel like in our culture, we have this, this gospel that says, get saved, get cleaned up, and you're good. Say yes to Jesus, say a prayer. On the outside, look like you are a Christian because Christians have a specific look. Like, we don't smoke, drink, cuss. We put on nicer clothes on Sunday than the rest of the week. And you're saved. And pretty much that's the gospel we live by. And, and, you know, you could go ahead and do your own selfish life. You could do whatever you want. But to be a disciple, we say, no, we're going to come to Jesus. We're going to abandon the life. And we're going to move into an intimate relationship with God. Being taught and being led by the Holy Spirit who is in us. But there's a problem that doesn't happen automatically. We don't just naturally say yes to Jesus and our old life is completely just, you know, weeded out. We have this tension in us. It was a scripture I read last week where we have this tension of our old life, our sinful nature 
competing for space in our life, in our, what's inside of us, with God's spirit in us, we have this tension. And so we need to move into some exercises. We can see in the scriptures, in the Bible, that Jesus did certain exercises. There were certain disciplines built in his life. The disciples did. Jesus talked about and gave us examples and charges of disciplines to become more like him. And we can engage in them. And then when we practice these disciplines, we do that in order to be more like him. So I, I always say that because I don't want us to practice the disciplines just to be religious, just to do the stuff that we think Christians to do. We do it for the purpose of looking and becoming more like Jesus. So here's what we've been doing. Over the past few weeks, we've been on this journey of employing the, these spiritual disciplines in our life. And over the past few weeks, we've looked at different disciplines and we've, we've encouraged each other to walk out that discipline for the week. We have this definition that says this about spiritual def- disciplines. It says that spiritual disciplines are spiritual exercises that we do to help us become more like Christ. And so if you haven't been with us, or just as a reminder, these are the, the spiritual disciplines that we've looked at over the past few weeks. So solitude, reflective prayer, gratitude, and fasting. And I'm excited to have received some reports this week of people who, who engaged in fasting and just how God met them during that time. So this morning we're going to look at a, as another spiritual discipline that as followers of Jesus we need to engage in on a regular basis, and that's confession of sin or confessing our sins. So let's just land on a couple definitions because when we talk about confessing sins, we have to understand what that means. Here's confessing. The word to confess means this. It means to acknowledge or to agree. It's simply that. So if I, if I confess my love for my wife, I'm acknowledging my love for my wife. If I confess that this man sitting in the second row is named Jack, I acknowledge that this guy taking up space in this world is named Jack. And I agree. That guy is Jack. Confessing is simply agreeing and acknowledging whatever, okay? When we tie that in with the word called sin, here's a definition of sin. We have a lot of definitions of sin. I found this one by a man named Billy Graham, and I liked it, so I, I chose it for today. It says, sin is any lack of conformity to the moral character of God or the law of God. We sin by thinking evil, speaking evil, acting evil, or an omitting good. I like that. I like that because that just defines anything that isn't in the character of God is sin. Anything. So when we talk about confessing sin, what we're saying is we're acknowledging or agreeing with God that we have things in our life that are not in a line with his character. That's what confessing sin is. Sin's a topic we don't often talk about. Sin's a topic we don't like to talk about. We don't like to talk about it because maybe we don't like to admit that there's things in our life that aren't of God. We like to just keep those secret. We like to just kind of just forget about them. Just not even keep them secret, but don't even consider that we have them. I think maybe we don't talk about sin because we're not sure what sin is anymore. I mean, what sin to you may not be sin to me. Don't In our culture, in our world, I get to choose what's right and wrong. I've been given that right in our culture. Whether we want to talk about our sin, whether we agree on what's sin and what's not sin, we still sin, and we need to address it, and we need to, to confess it, because that's what will determine the intimacy of our relationship with our Father. Okay, so now one of the things I do want to say is that when we talk about confessing sins, 
in the, in the form of what we're talking about for, in spiritual disciplines, this morning we're going to talk mostly about confessing sins to God. There's another form of confessing sins, and that's confessing and asking forgiveness to others when we have hurt or wronged other people. Um, not going to talk about that so much this morning. We'll have to address that another time. But here's what I would tell you that in the exercise that we will talk about on, on you know, walking through confessing sins, if during that time God reveals to you or you already know that you have somebody you've offended or that you've, you've sinned against, I would encourage you to simply boldly go to them and say, I've offended. I've, I've said something, done something. I've hurt you in a way. Would you forgive me? So that's kind of the little tidbit about confessing sins and asking forgiveness to others. But what we're going to talk about this morning is, is, is confessing our sins before God. And when, when we read in the Bible about confessing sins, we can, we can read about two types of confession of sins. So here's the two types. The first is positional confession, and the second is relational confession. Let me explain those because we're going to land on relational. But positional confession of sin is what we do when we first come into relationship with God. It's, it's what takes place when we realize that we have sin in our life and we're separated from our creator. If you're, if you're not sure that you have sin in your life and you're separated from your creator, you've, you've never came to that place. The Bible, if you, can, if you can accept any part of the Bible, it says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standards. So we're all in the same boat. Nobody's perfect. We all have sinned. So we, when we confess our sins, we are moved from exile from God into complete restoration and relationship with our creator. And what that means when we confess that sin, that positional confession of sin, is that our sins past, our sins right, what's happening right now, and our sins forever in the future have been taken care of, have been forgiven because of Jesus' work on the cross. No longer do they hang over our head. No longer are they a barrier between our relationship with our Father. And that's positional confession. So when we enter into relational confession, because God forgave our sins past, present, and future, you may ask the question, why do we even need to confess our sins anyways? God's already forgiven them. And that's the relational confession that we want to be talking about this morning. Um, So relational confession of our sins is what we do to acknowledge that we have sinned and not met God's standard, not done stuff in our life out of character with God. And we do that in order to renew our relationship with him. Let me explain how that works. I have a wife. Her name's Joe. She was sitting up here. She's in B Kids right now. And to illustrate that, I came up with a hypothetical scenario that I don't know if it'll ever happen in my life, but I just wanted to use it as an illustration. Let's just say that in my life at some point, I received the ability to stand on a platform and speak to a group of people, hypothetically. And I choose to use stories about my family while I'm speaking to a group of people. Doesn't happen in this building, (laughs) but... As you know, I'm joking because I always tell stories about my family. But let's just say that when I'm telling a story about my wife, I tell a story that's personal that she would not want the world to know. I sit, stand up here and just start spewing off and telling this story about my wife that's very intimate to her, very secret to her, that she doesn't want everybody to know. What happens? I, I have hurt my relationship with my wife. Now, she's still my wife. I still love her. She still loves me. Nothing's changed in that category, but there's a little gap because I have, I have hurt my relationship with my wife. I have not met up to what our agreement as a married couple is. 
And how do I fix that problem? How do I, how do I go about restoring that little gap that took place because I told a story about my wife that I probably shouldn't have told? I do it by going to her and acknowledging that I sinned against her, that I hurt her, ask her forgiveness, and then that is happening. And what happens with us is that throughout the day, we sin. We do things that are in opposition to God, and these little gaps of separation can occur. But there's a repair, and that's what confession of sin is. And this is the good news. So I want to look at some scripture of just the promises that God gives us about what takes place when we confess our sin. Look at this in 1 John. It says this, If we claim to have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Now, this is a response to what's happening in the culture at the time. What's going on is that for the church, different people are rising up with different opinions, different theories about um, God and how to do church and how to be a Christian. And there's people saying, well, God forgave all your sins on the cross. Therefore, we don't sin anymore. And the writer's saying, if you, if you, if you claim that you have no sin, you're, you're just a fool. But then verse 9 says, but because we do sin, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that he is, his words have no place in our heart. Is that it? Is that the last one? Yes. Okay. I kind of got caught. If we claim that we have no sin, we are calling God a liar and showing that we have no place in our heart. Here's what that's saying. It's saying that as followers of Jesus, we will sin. We, we will not sin. We, we don't sin. We do sin. But... We promise that because God is faithful to us in our relationship that he has with us, and because of his justice, he forgives us. He wipes us clean, completely clean, when we confess our sins. So the act of confessing sins is renewing our relationship with our God. You know David, the guy in the Bible, you know the David and Goliath David? We read about him in Psalm this morning. He recognized the separation sin caused with God. He also recognized the joy of his relationship being restored when he confesses sins. He wrote many psalms. Mary read one this morning about God restoring his relationship with him as an conf- act of confession of sin. And I just I found some in Psalms 32 that I just think is wonderful, to his explanation and his joy that happens when we confess our sins. Read this. Oh, what a joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose rec- record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sins, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. But finally, I confessed all my sins to you. I stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me, and all my guilt is gone. When we confess our sins, everything that would cause separation between us and the Father, everything that that places a gap between our relationship with him, wiped away, full renewal, full restoration. So as disciples, spiritual disciplines are things we need to engage in. In order to be disciples of Jesus, we need to confess our sins. When we take time of solitude, the other spiritual discipline, the confession of our sins should take place during that time. 
So I just want to quickly talk about how often should we be confessing our sins. And here's what I would encourage you to, I encourage you to keep short accounts with God. Let's explain that, okay? If I have a credit card and I go out and use my credit card, what's the best thing to do with my credit card? First, probably just cut it up. But if I'm going to keep my credit card, probably to pay it off every month, zeroed out. Now, the credit card companies know that most people don't do that. They, they commit to doing that. And then they just rack it up, and you're forever in debt with what you've done with God. When I sin, it's best for me just to take care of that debt and pay it off and confess my sins. Here's another way to look at it. If I've ever watched, if you've ever watched an old Western or Little House on the Prairie, there's always the general store in town. You know the general store, right? And in those times, people, people's income came at random times, basically when crops were sold and this and that. And so people held accounts at the store. They could go to the store and pick up flour for the house and put it on their account. There was this one episode where I have two girls, so we watched all the little houses on the prairies growing up. And there was this one episode where Pa went into the general store. He tried to ask for an extension because, you know, his crops had been damaged by a storm. And they were saying, nope, you need to settle up your account. And so Pa had to leave home and go break rocks and, you know, make money. You've seen it, huh? It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good episode. He became the best rock breaker. And he was able to come home and settle up that account. Take care of that account. When we go to God often with our confessions, we wipe away the debt and the sin that that sin has caused. Here's another way to look at keeping short accounts. Who's this guy right here? You guys know this guy? Pigpen. Now, I grew up watching Charlie Brown. Pigpen didn't get that way by not taking a bath this morning, did he? How did Pigpen get that way? By a habitual lifestyle of not being cleansed. This morning I took a shower. I, I confessed that to all you guys. I acknowledge that. What would happen, though, what would happen if, you know, tomorrow morning I woke up and decided not to take a shower? Well, maybe a small bit funky. But what would happen if by Thursday I haven't taken a shower? Or by the end of the month I haven't taken a shower? Or next year I haven't taken a shower? Pig Tom. I could be called that in a different way too. (laughs) But you get the point. We wash off the dirt of the day. We wash off what is attached to ourselves in the day physically by taking a shower. Doctors, I mean, have you ever been to a doctor's office? They have these little hanging squirter things everywhere. As soon as they touch you, they, you know, go over and have to, Terry, is that true? You're just always cleaning off the, the mess of the world, right? You love people and then, whoa, wash your hands. Go see that guy. Um, but what, what are you doing? You're, you're wiping off the stuff that is attached to you that's just unclean. Sin in our life is unclean. Sin in our life puts a, 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 a barrier between our relationship with our Father. And so we confess our sins to be cleansed of our sins. God, God is faithful and just. He's going to forgive us our sins. And he's going to, that relationship is restored. Here's one last thought. If every day I do something, whether I choose to or not, that offends my wife, that hurts my wife, kind of back to telling the stories. But if every day I just make little comments to her, do things that hurt her, not do things, omit things in my life, 
what would become of our relationship? Maybe some of you would understand what becomes of the relationships when those things happen. It's miserable. It's terrible. But if I recognize the dirt in my life, if I take a shower, if I ask forgiveness for my wife, if I settle my accounts regularly, my relationship will continue to grow and will continue to to be intimate. And as disciples of Jesus, we need to be disciplined to recognize our sins, to confess our sins, in order to maintain that intimate relationship that followers of Jesus need to have. So I want to just talk quickly about how we do that practically. Here's some practical tips for this week. First, you have to spend time with God. You can't confess your sins to somebody or to God if you're not spending time with God. Solitude, we pick solitude as the, the first discipline because it it's probably hangs as the most important discipline. You have to regularly spend time with God. When you spend time with God, you can ask God to show you unconfessed sins. So you don't have to rack your brain going, oh, did, I, did I cut a guy off yesterday? Did I flip a guy off yesterday? Did I, did I drink an ounce too much of wine last night? Did I watch a show that had a cuss word and I really shouldn't have watched it? Did I laugh at a joke I shouldn't have? You don't have to sit there and just and, and, and get all worked up over what sins in my life. If you ask God to, to reveal to you your sins, guess what? He will. Let's just practice that for a second. Would you guys all close your eyes? Let's, let's just do this. Would you close your eyes, and I'm going to pray, and just all you're going to do after I pray is ask God, God, would you show me a sin in my life that I need to confess to you? So, Father, would you just be faithful? I know you're faithful. Would you reveal to us, bring to mind areas of our life that we need to confess to you? So just ask God, God, is there a sin in my life I need to confess to you? Now, if God brought something to your mind, would you just quickly slip your hand up? Okay? So many of you, God brought something to mind. So, let's move on to the third part. You can, you can look at me, but you can, you, can, you can take care of this sin that God brought to your mind. Right now, agree with God that that's something that is not part of his, his character. That is a sin that does not part of his character. Just say, God, I, I, I recognize... And I confess that that isn't of you, that that should not be in my life. I recognize that whatever it is, shouldn't, I shouldn't have done. I confess that to you. Father, I thank you that you are faithful, that you took those sins that we've just confessed to you. You've scattered them. They're no longer hang over our head. They no longer are, are debt against our account and that has been removed. Thank you, Jesus, for, for your, your, your work on the cross that, that frees us from that sin. Then the fourth part is that we do it often. Keep short accounts. Confession of sin is simply just going to God and saying, God, I know there's things in my life that have, have, I've done throughout the week or throughout the day or throughout the past couple hours. Would you reveal them to me? Yes, Lord, I agree that's a sin. Forgive me of that. Yes, Lord, I agree that that's a sin. Yes, Lord, I agree that that's a sin. And God is faithful and he just, he takes care of them. And with that becomes the intimacy, becomes the the relationship that we all, I believe, seek to have with our Father. And then through that, we become disciples of Jesus. Not just Christians, not just saved, 
but we're walking out our relationship with our God. Would you stand with me? Because we live in this world that is messed up and because we, regardless of where our relationship with God lies, we, we fall subject to the junk of this world. We need to lean into our God to restore us, to free us, to heal us, to engage in our lives. And this time that we have right now, we call it ministry time, it's prayer time. What it simply is, is it's our opportunity as, as a family of God to, to, to join with each other and ask God to join and be a part of what he's doing in our life. And so this is just an opportunity for you. If, if you're dealing with something this week, if, you've, if there's something that you know, is lingering in your life, if there's something pending that you're, you're anxious over, God wants, to, God wants to be a part of that. But you have to kind of step into that. You just can't just say, yeah, whatever. You have to, you know, kind of engage and say, God, I, I want you to be a part of that. Would you come and, and, and be active in this situation? And so we provide this opportunity for you to receive some prayer and just ask God to, to do a work in your life. So, so right now, as these people have come up, if there's areas in your life that you, you would like to ask God to engage in, I would encourage you, just go ahead and walk it up now. One of the things that I, I thought we probably should make an opportunity to is when I talked about positional confession, about, hey, I come to God the very first time and it changes my position from this world into God's family. I wonder if maybe we should not just blow over that one and we should provide an opportunity because maybe for you, you've never stepped from one position to the other. Maybe you've never confessed that, yeah, I have sin in my life. I'm out of relationship with God. And I want to be in relationship with my creator because you know what? That's what we're created to do is to have the relationship. So whatever life we're living outside of that relationship is, is false. It's, it's, it's um, counterfeit to what we are created to have. And so what would be the greatest thing for you if you could be honest with yourself and say, I have never stepped into relationship with God. I've never received the gift that was given to me by Jesus. For you to come and say, I just want that positional confession. You know, if you, you, that's all you would have to say to one of these people is just, I, I want to I have positional confession. I want to confess and enter into relationship with God. So during this time, as, as the band's playing, you can come up and receive prayer for that. Whatever is in your life, whatever you just want to ask God to join, feel free to come on up. And we'll just, we'll just give some time. As a church, we... We pray for each other. It just doesn't happen here. So if you, if you feel like you want to pray for somebody, if somebody's caught your eye, walk over and pray for them. Maybe you just want to sit or, or stand there and just do some, some business with God and just talk to God. You could just, you could just walk through this, these points of confession, just asking God, confessing, asking God, confessing. You could do that on your own. So we'll just give some, we'll give some space for that.